Welcome to Sound Solutions, a series of free audio tapes produced by Braille Institute of America. The tape you are listening to and all the others in the series provide practical information to adults and their families who are dealing with sight loss. The professional staff and many of the students at Braille Institute collaborated to provide the information, tips, and practical solutions to living life independently in spite of sight loss. As you listen to What to Do When a Loved One Loses Sight, think about the ways you can apply the techniques that are presented. You may want to enlist the help of a sighted friend or family member to help you get started. Remember, the goal is to discover ways to live life as independently as possible. We believe you can do it. It's nice to just sit and rock, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Some of our nicest times are when we just sit and rock together. Don't you think? Yeah, used to be, yeah. Charlotte, what used to be is a part of yesterday. We have to be concerned with today and, and tomorrow for sure. Yeah, well, yesterday I could see, I could do things. Today I... Sit and rock. Oh, come on. You still do things. You just do them d d differently. Charlie, will you just leave me alone, please? Please. Hon, I, I, I know you're scared. I know you're angry. Charlie, I can't see. I can't read. I can't cook. I can't drive. I can't even cross the street. I'm talking, and I, I can't even see who I'm talking to. I can read to you. I can drive wherever you want to go. I, I can cook Look, for Look, I us. know you can, and I'm sure that you will. I'm also sure that I have lost control of my own life. What you have lost is the ability to see. And, and honey, I, I know, I know, I know that's got to be a tremendous loss. But people get through this, and you will too. There are people who can help you. There are ways... Charlie, look, I know you mean well. I know you want to help me. But right now, all I want is just to be left alone. She's scared. She's angry, frustrated, and sad. Loss of vision brings with it many other losses, not one of which was planned on. You can't drive. You can't read. There's a loss of independence. And for a while, at least, a loss of self-confidence. I have lost control of my own life. The shock of losing your eyesight is overwhelming at first. And grieving the loss is to be expected. Grieving is natural and even necessary to get through the shock. And she will get through it. But it'll take time. It'll take as long as it takes. The same is true for you, by the way. Your loss, your shock, anxiety and sadness. Just as real as hers, just as valid. And just as in her case, there's no one way or right way to get through it. And it will take as long as it takes to absorb some of the feelings of devastation fear, loneliness, and depression. Yesterday, I could see. I could do things. Today, I... To acknowledge the loss and to understand that the grieving is important and natural for both of you will help you gather the strength you both have to have to let the feelings happen. The feelings of anxiety, anger, frustration, isolation, the loss of self, wanting to cry or scream. Where are you going? I'm going to the kitchen. Let, 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 let me go. Let, let me help you. I know where my own kitchen is, Charlie. I'm fine. She cries for me one day. 
She pushes me away the next. I don't. I, I, I know she's suffering. I know she's angry. But so am I. But who am I mad at? I can't be mad at her. Isn't, isn't anything... Charlie! Help me. She cries for you one day and pushes you away the next. It's true that it's maddening and frustrating, but it's also true that you will get through it. The relationship will change, and it's very possible it may soon be stronger than ever. But this time of grieving will also allow her to evaluate how her loss has impacted the people around her and to realize how their lives have changed, too. I'm tired. I'm scared, too. And I can't bear to see her so sad. What she's going through, it's so sad. And I gotta ask myself sometimes, is the sadness I feel because of what she lost or what I lost? Our, our life is so different. And I really miss what we were. The good old days. I miss going to the movies. And I, I... It's just not the same. It's not the same, but the differences are probably not what you think. Everybody has an idea of what blindness is. And most of the most common assumptions are wrong. Finding out what blindness really is and what it is not, and finding out together, is the best way to begin to build this new relationship. The first thing it takes is the conscious decision. I'm going to find out about this beast, and I'm going to beat it. And there are places, places dedicated to helping visually impaired people to learn, and to help you learn, and to help you win. If you don't know of any such place near you, ask your doctor for a referral. Or do a search on the internet for blindness in your city and state. They're there, and they're there to help. Because more than anything, what you need now is knowledge. You need a realistic appraisal of your situation, and you need to know how you can most effectively assist the one who's lost their sight. How to move through the first few weeks without giving them false hope, and on the other hand, without discouraging realistic plans for the future in relation to the things they'll be able to do for themselves. When I first found that Charlotte was losing her sight, I was almost helpless. I, and I, I mean, I think I knew it was coming. I, the truth is, I think she did too. But we were both in some kind of denial. But then once we got past that initial uh, whammy, uh, I mean, Charlotte had lost all but the tiniest bit of vision and until we got help. We really had trouble communicating. The trouble really was being honest about how we were feeling. On. Oh. Charlotte, the, the can is upside down. It's a can of soup, Charlie. There is no upside down. It's the same on both ends. Oh, nuts. Let me, let me help you. I can do it in a second. Look, I know you can do it faster, but the more I do it, the faster I'll get. And I can do it. I, uh, you're so frustrated. Why put yourself through this when I can help you? Overprotectiveness is dangerous, but it's, it's probably going to happen. And when it does, she's got to be able to call you on it. And that's got to be okay. If you can't stand to see me open a can of soup, then don't watch. And please don't baby me. I, uh, all right. You're right. You're right. You're right. People resist honest communications while working through this highly emotional period. Hard feelings are hard to express freely. But both of you must learn to say what you honestly feel. It's really important to encourage frankness and truth, to learn the other person's fears and apprehensions. Also, to discover and openly appreciate each other's contributions. As much as you don't know about blindness, there's a lot you do know about this person. And that previous personal experience is really going to help both of you to understand what's necessary for you to facilitate the return of the visually impaired person to family life.
You both know the house you live in. But the place where that coffee table has sat for years turns it into a threatening obstacle. You know, if we just move that to the left about two feet, we have this wide open space here. A drawer or door left partially open is a dangerous hazard. Watch it. You're going to be saying, I walked into a door and it'll be true. Getting reacquainted with your own home by using other senses such as touch, smell, and hearing. I know exactly where I am. I can hear the clock. And when we came into this room... I felt the change between the carpet and the hardwood floor. These small successes build the confidence she needs to move on to more challenging things. Charlie becomes a sighted guide, providing a comfort space to start to achieve confidence, security, and trust. Dealing with almost every situation can become a partnership and a shared responsibility to turn problems into solutions, which will lead, sooner than you might expect, to a renewed sense of independence and self-esteem. Thank you, Charlie. No, I, I can do it. I can do it. I know you can. I'm so proud of I you. I can do it. I, I, I know where I am now. And with that renewed independence, the I cans will quickly take the place of the I can'ts. And both of you will see it's not what you have in your life, but who you have in your life that really matters. Charlotte, I'll be back soon. Where are you going? Well, why? Aren't you the person who said they wanted to be alone? Yeah, but Charlie, being alone is it's so much nicer when you've got somebody to share it with. There is a way to make what you pray and wish for each day come true. The first thing to do is find a blind service facility or family services provider who can give you and your visually impaired relative a great deal of valuable information and immeasurable help concerning the practical problems you'll be facing. How to be a sighted guide. The need for keeping the blind person in touch with programs and events in which they have interest. And the things to keep in mind in spoken communication. With their guidance, you can make realistic plans for your own future. And you'll gain the beginnings of insight into your own emotional reactions to blindness, as well as those of the person who's lost their sight. Your eyes will be open to the honest-to-God value of an encouraging word, a warm hug, a friendly pat on the back, and unconditional love. Now, listen to a few encouraging words from actual people who have been there, done that. Well, when I first found out that my mother was losing her sight, I had absolutely no preparation for it. It was a total and complete shock. Well, I was overwhelmed. And I have uh, just, you, you handle it the way you handle anything else. You just handle it one detail at a time. And uh, I think finding a balance between being helpful and too helpful is one of the greatest challenges that I have had to confront. It's extraordinarily difficult not to step on toes. So what I would say is let everybody try to have a very open communication. We're both uh, treading unknown waters. Like, I would want to help my mother by getting things for her. And she had to ask me to please not do that. Please let me get. She wants to not be useless. And it's very important that we leave a person with their dignity. And when they want to do these things, that we respect that and um, and not try to do everything for them. Um well, at the same time, it's important that we help them with things that are impossible for them to do. You just have to use your common sense about 
what to encourage a person to do and what to let them do. My son has been really a great help uh, with my mother. They've always had a, a really good relationship. He likes to cook with her. So now she tells him what ingredients have to go in and, and he fixes the item. My mother plays the piano. She still plays, and he uh, he is the cook at night. And so before she goes upstairs to bed after we've eaten, then he just makes her play several songs. <laughs> and that's something that we all enjoy together. And I think that it's a lot of fun for her to have people who want to listen to her play the piano. Listen. I'm standing here telling this in a very calm manner, but I want to tell you that I have experienced 185 emotional responses at once, uh, many, many, many times, and my greatest challenge is just to not show my frustration. It is an overwhelming situation for everyone on many different levels. You can achieve the things you believe just keep on believing it's true when i first learned that mimi was losing her sight uh, my initial response uh, was one of uh, consternation i felt a little dismayed and uh, in shock to hear it because here was a woman that all her life was independent when she started losing her sight, I felt that she would go into some type of depression. In, in the beginning, we went to various ophthalmologists who basically kept fitting her with glasses, which were not the answer. We ended up with a drawer full of glasses, you know. Finally, I got my chief of ophthalmology uh, who spoke to me and said, look, what you have glasses won't help. And of course, she was quite upset at the time to hear that. But as I told her, I said, look, he's telling you the truth. So, you know, if this is a, your problem, and she had a problem of macular degeneration, I says, we're just going to have to try to work together, you know, to see you through this thing. Well, we've always had a strong partnership and uh, working at uh, what one might say a 50-50 relationship. I continue being helpful, but yet... Not overly helpful in certain instances because, to me, uh, keeping her independence is the most important thing that we can do for people who are visually impaired. So I more or less, you know, read into things that, uh, uh, that she may need help in and go ahead and help her, or she'll ask for it. Certain things that she knows what she can do and she can do them, we allow her to be as independent as possible. Example, Mimi loves to bake. So in order to see the recipes, what I have done for her has rewritten most of the recipes and printed them in broad, broad letters. And so where a recipe might be one inch by three inches, uh, we end up with maybe three, four sheets because of the largeness of the type. But this allows her to do what she likes to do and continues her baking. 
In the beginning, she would try to measure something if it would call uh, for a spoonful of something, and she'd have the spoon upside down, not realizing it, and kept pouring stuff all over the counter. And I would have to say to her, okay, look, we'll wipe it up and let's start all over. She was quite upset, and she would cry, you know. And I would try to reassure her, look, you just wasted a little oil or a little sugar or whatever she spilt, you know. And after a while, she would say, Mimi, you did it again. And she would just proceed on. And uh, in the beginning, I would get a little perturbed and angry, and I had to learn how to curb that. And I think the big thing that uh, one learns is the patience and uh, how to work with uh, those patients who are legally blind. How has our relationship changed? Uh, it really hasn't changed a great deal. I, so I, I do most of the cooking right now. Meme does all the baking, and she loves doing it. I think if I had to sum it up, the one thing that I really happened in, in this relationship is that we've learned a lot more understanding with each other and a lot more patience. Well, the best advice I can give to an individual whose spouse might be uh, losing sight or becoming visually impaired would be to have a degree of patience and to try to understand what the, the problems are. I believe nobody can go it alone. Uh, I think you have to have some understanding of the problem and you need some type of direction. You can achieve the things you believe. When we were growing up, we didn't know my mom was losing her sight. She was a real estate agent, pixie leader, boy scout leader. And then to see her lose her sight when you're older and not be able to do all the things that she did, it was, it's hard. I mean, my reaction to her going blind was very emotional, very sad, sad for her. I was forced to retire. She locked herself basically in a dark room didn't want to talk. She drank. And it took about three to four months before she realized that she was going to kill herself. If She just sat by her, herself and drowned her sorrows. And that's when she decided to go to Braille Institute and see what they had to offer. And that's what she did. She's met friends. She has found other things in her life that makes her happy. When dealing with a person without eyesight, it is very hard to balance being too helpful and not helpful enough, especially with my mom. When you help her too much, she feels like you're treating her like an invalid, and she'll let you know. So you back off. And then when you back off, she feels as though you're not helping her enough. So it took a long time for me to learn how to balance helping her too much over not enough. And again, it just comes down to communication and talking with that person. My mom is like my friend. It's not a mother-daughter relationship anymore. The communication between us is, and the friendship now is amazing. We're like best friends now. She cooks, she cleans, she dresses herself, she puts on her own makeup, and she does an amazing job. When she messes up a recipe, she gets very frustrated, which means we all get frustrated because she's frustrated. And that's hard. It's it's frustrating just, you know, when she walks through a room and she runs into things or she, she gets angry. And it's frustrating to see her that way because there's nothing you can do. 
She did nothing until she went completely blind. And that's when she went to the Braille Institute. She learned Braille. She's met friends. And she looks forward to going now. She has learned to accept a new life. She's gone from being a building manager, dealing with work people on a daily basis, to arts, crafts, and books. My advice to somebody who's dealing with somebody who's losing their eyesight or has lost their eyesight is to be as supportive as you can. Feel you have to think positive. And just realize that this person has lost their eyesight, but there are many things they can do. They don't have to sit in a corner in a dark room and dwell the rest of their lives. I would, my advice to somebody would be to be there for that person, most definitely. Help that person. Find the fine line of helping them too much and don't cross their boundary. But just be there. Love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. Remember, there are places like Braille Institute that can give you and your blinded relative immeasurable help. With their guidance, you can both make realistic plans for the future, and your eyes will be open to the honest-to-God value of an encouraging word, a warm hug, a friendly pat on the back, and unconditional love. Like we said before, it's not what you have in your life, but who you have in your life that really matters. You can achieve the things you believe Just keep on believing it's true And keep on believing in you You've been listening to What to Do When a Loved One Loses Sight one of the audio tapes in the series, Sound Solutions. We hope you found the information helpful for you, your family, and friends. These tapes are available free of charge from Braille Institute, a private, nonprofit organization committed to eliminating blindness and severe sight loss as a barrier to the fulfillment of life. Sound Solutions was made possible by the generosity of the H.N. and Francis Berger Foundation, the Fritz B. Burns Foundation, and from thousands of individuals. If you would like more information about anything you heard in this tape, about other tapes in the series, or about Braille Institute, please call our toll-free number, 1-800-BRAILLE. That's 1-800-272-4553. Thank you for listening to Braille Institute's Sound Solutions.